You're listening to the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, episode 89. Hey, 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 photographers. This episode is specifically made just for you. However, if you are listening and you are not a photographer, there could still be some helpful nuggets of wisdom in here. So just keep on listening just in case you want to learn. Um, You might just have to like adjust some of the tips from this episode to make them applicable for your own business. Or if you just want to hear some things that I am not so great at or didn't do good in my business, that's what we're talking about today. It's really hard to believe that I have been doing photography for eight years now like that actually kind of blows my mind and sure not all of that was like full-time by any means (laughs) um nor was I like rolling in the dough for many of those years but um I wouldn't even consider me rolling in the dough now you know what I mean money is a weird concept okay like the more you make I still feel like you know you you make more but your expenses get bigger and then it's all just relative so anyway at the end of the day that's not what we're talking about Um, We are talking about, however, all of the things that I did not do well or the things that did not work in my photography business specifically. Um, I have since done other businesses. I've started new ventures. I had a horse training business. I have my educational business now um, and I did horseback riding lessons and I have the podcast which is kind of its own thing and all kinds of different things happening but this episode I'm specifically focusing on photography since that is kind of the longest running business that I have focused on and it's really where um, most of my income is coming from at this point in time. So I just want to share, and I know there's a lot of photographers that follow me and that listen to this show. So this is for you guys. This is specifically to share the things that did not work um, or did not help me grow and find success. So in this episode, I'm sharing four main secrets with you, if you will, in hopes that you can avoid making the same mistakes that I did. So if that sounds good and you want to listen to that, then stick around and let's get to work. Hey there, my name is Sarah Elrod and you're listening to the Branded Cowgirl podcast where we talk about marketing, social media, branding, content creation, Western lifestyle, and so much more. We believe that business does not have to be boring and that you can never own too many pairs of cowboy boots. I'm a cowgirl turned full-time entrepreneur. I've done everything from wedding photography to horse training, business coaching, and more. My mission is to help other Western women and men grow thriving businesses so that they can live out that small town dream life that they love while achieving bigger goals than they ever could have imagined. If you're ready to put in the work, grow your business, grow your brand, and enjoy the little things in life, and of course, get a little rowdy too, then you are in the right place, my friend. Let's do this. The first thing that did not work in my photography business is mini sessions. Now, I kind of have this love-hate relationship with photography mini sessions because they seem like a rather easy concept, but ultimately they never did much for my business and they were a lot more stressed than they were worth. So let me just say this though, I know a lot of photographers who do mini sessions regularly and they have found a lot of success with it. So to each of their own, but I have had to set the personal boundary in my business to not offer these like back-to-back mini session things that people do. 
Um, for a lot of photographers who are just starting out in their first couple years of business, I think mini sessions can seem like the lowest hanging fruit. So they just go for it. Or I've also seen mini sessions kind of used as this knee jerk reaction when you aren't booking enough regularly priced sessions. Kind of similar how like when people will just randomly offer a sale out of nowhere. And it's typically because they think that more people are going to book them when they have maybe like an empty calendar staring them in the face and they start panicking and then they're just like, oh my gosh, I need to offer a discount so that people start booking me. And after all, like, think about it, you know, this, it's pretty easy with mini sessions, like when you, when you just think about them on a very simple um, playing field or whatever, like you can charge $100, um, just for an example, you could charge $100 for a 15 minute mini session, right? And you could have like 10 slots available back to back and make, you know, $1,000 in just a couple hours. And it seems easy enough, right? Well, this is kind of where the misconception comes in and also where I personally ran into issues. And I'm going to be channeling my inner like business marketing nerd for a moment to make this point. So please just bear with me. Something that I've always strived to offer and what I think anybody should offer is a high-end client experience. And why is this? Well, because this is how you are going to be able to charge the big bucks for something. Why would someone pay you thousands of dollars to be their wedding photographer? photographer if you are offering the same exact things as every other photographer out there. Like once I knew I had a solid experience, I priced myself accordingly. Keep that in mind. Your pricing should reflect a few different things, expenses, your talent, skill, knowledge, equipment, time, and so on. And all pricing is is just a math equation. I think people tend to overthink their pricing a lot. And if they are priced the same as other photographers and what works for other people and Sure, that can play somewhat of a part, but at the end of the day, it's a math equation for what is going to work for you because your cost of business is different than every other photographer out there and every other person out there. Now, kind of jumping back into mini sessions, for me personally, I have found that mini sessions kind of tarnish the experience that I offer because they are a fraction of the price of a normal session that I would charge and they include less things because of that. So does that mean that the photos that people would receive would be any less quality? No, not necessarily. The photos would still be good quality, but what it does mean is that I am unable to do all of the things that I would want to for my full full price paying clients. And the experience I offer to full price clients is what generates the most word of mouth recommendations for my business. And so you shouldn't be, you know, not to say don't offer a good experience for a mini session, but it shouldn't look the exact same for somebody doing a mini session versus doing a full price paying session because there's no incentive at that point to pay for a full price session. But I just don't like that because I've built my business off of the things that I offer and how I treat my full price paying clients and what they get and just the type of person and relationship that I establish with them and build with them. I don't get to do that with my minis it's just not feasible. And so not to say you couldn't do it on a smaller scale and things like that. And sure, mini sessions, like I said, they're, they're kind of an easy way to make a quick buck. And sometimes in the beginning, like you just got to do that. You know, you got to hustle. You got to do what you got to do. Like I'm not saying don't ever do this, but it just didn't work for me. 
The other thing that I noticed with mini sessions is the type of client that they typically attract. So my ideal client is someone who understands and respects the investment that comes with photography and wants that full experience and my very best work. And those are the people that are paying $600 or more for a normal session that I offer. When I offered mini sessions in the $100 to $200 range, I have been met with price shoppers, the picky clients who are unhappy with like every single image, people who have way more demands, they cancel last minute, or they no call no show to their allotted time. Now it seems a little backwards, but I feel like this is something that most people when they start a business don't understand and it's a mindset shift that I think really needs to happen in order to see success in your business and to really understand like pricing and how marketing and all of that works is you kind of tend to think like the people that are paying more money for something are gonna be more picky because they're paying so much more. I used to think that with wedding clients, like, oh, if I, you know, start charging $4,000 for a wedding, um, you know, those people, the people that pay the top tier price, those are going to be the pickiest people. Those are going to be the people that are down my throat and constantly messaging me and asking me questions and have all these concerns and have issues with the photos and all these things. But those people tend to be the most laid back. And think about it from that perspective. Like if you're paying that much money, for something, whatever it might be. I mean, obviously we're talking about photography today, but this could be for anything. You're putting in this investment because you trust that person. Like if you're gonna put down such a big chunk of money, you should fully trust that you're hiring somebody that is a professional and they know what they're doing. And I've noticed that with my high paying clients, the ones that book my top tier packages, they are the ones that trust me the most. They're the ones that you know, are, are basically, they just put it all in my hands. They're the happiest with their photos at the end. It's just an interesting, like, experiment <laughs> to note or to see um, that shift. And the cheaper ones, people that, and luckily, I don't run into this issue hardly at all anymore because all of my pricing has gone up so much since from when the day I first started. But obviously, we all start somewhere. And when I first was a photographer in the beginning, you know, I was charging $100 for a full session, a full hour session. And um, I mean, that, you know, I feel like we all go through that phase, but that just wasn't smart. My, my cost of doing business and expenses and all that, I was not, I was not charging enough um, at that point, even in the beginning. But you got to do what you got to do. Everybody starts somewhere. But in those days, like that's when I would notice people being pickier, which is just, it's funny and it seems backwards, but it's true. The cheaper the client, the more expectations they have. And it's just an interesting um an interesting dynamic and until you've experienced it you probably won't fully understand it but you'll trust me if you started out charging cheap or if you really go for like the cheap prices you're gonna get the cheap clients and if you charge more you're gonna get the more high-end clients it's just how it works it's just life and I know this is not just a issue that I've had either. It's kind of a common trend and frustration that I hear with mini sessions in general. So eventually I basically just had this like come to Jesus moment and decided that I would just no longer offer them anymore. They were just too stressful for me. I didn't really enjoy them. I wasn't feeling passionate about it. And the best decision I ever could have made for myself and my business was not doing mini sessions, not offering them. 
Now, I know a lot of people, like I said, that do offer them and they work well. And I would, you know, if somebody reached out and asked if I do them, I say no, but you know what? This person does. Um, for me, I just tell that client, like, I offer a certain type of experience. This is what it looks like. And I can't offer you that same thing in a mini session. So if you'd like to book a full session, this is what that looks like. Otherwise, you can go to this other photographer. And again, maybe they will work well for you and maybe or maybe they do. You've been doing them and they work well and you have it all figured out. It's just personally for me, they're not my bread and butter. Looking back on things that I did in the past, I do think I could be more successful at them now, but they just, like I said, don't excite me the way that a full session does when I can really get to know my clients and have a longer period of time to establish a relationship with them. So remember, you do not have to lower your prices or offer many sessions to reach or to reach for the <laughs> to reach for the lowest hanging fruit. We shouldn't strive for the lowest hanging fruit. Sometimes it's necessary, but you don't have to. So don't feel like you have to go cheap um, or go low to build your business. Elevate your experience, your product, and your offerings, and then just talk about it a lot, all the time, in different ways. And I promise that if you are consistent with that, you're going to see your bookings go up. The second thing that I'm putting on this list and I'm kind of just throwing this in here more than anything because it doesn't exactly fit with the title of this episode and that is second shooting. It wasn't so much that second shooting didn't work for my business. Mostly it just became that it was no longer feasible for me to offer second shooting services. So newbie photographers who want to get in wedding photography and things like that should most definitely be second shooting to gain experience and understand um, wedding day workflows and all of that. And even for experienced photographers, second shooting can be a really great way to earn like extra cash. The nice part too is that you essentially get to take a back seat um, and just help out the lead shooter that day. And I always kind of like second shooting for that reason. I like just being able to kind of just take that back seat. You get to be a little more creative because you're not as stressed about just like everything that's going on. You're not that lead shooter. I always think I just feel like I get into autopilot as a lead shooter, whereas as a second shooter, I, I see things from a different perspective because I don't have the same weight on my shoulders for that day um, but you are not responsible for client communication as a second shooter or any of like the business back end side of things and I always just really loved that change of pace that second shooting could bring um, but where I had to draw the line with second shooting was when my calendar was getting way too full with my own booked weddings and shoots and also being that I move around a lot and have moved around a lot like literally moved like houses a lot in the past several years and where I live currently is about two and a half hours away from a majority of my booked wedding venues and places that I'm consistently getting booked at. I have established my name in those areas. It's where I grew up. It's where I started my business and it's just kind of stuck and that is where I continue to book the most wedding clients and because of this I have adjusted my pricing accordingly and my cost of doing business makes logical sense for that but with second shooting however it does not. For me to drive five hours round trip after shooting an eight hour day and only getting paid like 400 to 500 dollars is not worth it to me especially being that I have a husband and I'm soon gonna have a baby waiting on me at home it just it doesn't that doesn't work and leaving them on weekends for such a small amount in the grand scheme of things doesn't make sense to me like my time with them is so much more valuable than that so because of that I set that boundary in my business 
and I'm no longer doing any kind of second shooting. Okay, so this one may surprise some of you listening, but the third thing is getting featured. Getting featured has done literally not a single thing for my business. Um, In 2018, I had a full two-page spread in Real Weddings Magazine, which is a very popular like local wedding magazine. And I've also been featured in Western Wedding Magazine and various large social media platforms. I've been featured on blogs. I've been featured on, you know, Instagram things, like all kinds of stuff. And brands have shared my work to their pages and so on and so forth. But not one time have I received an inquiry because of those features, like directly because. I have the little spot on my contact form that says, like, how'd you hear about me? And nobody, I've never gotten one that was like, oh, I saw your your um, feature in blah, blah, blah in this magazine. Um, I mean, I take that back. It might have happened like once or twice. But again, not not like game-changing um, inquiries have come in because of it. Now, did I get more followers? Sure. However, 99% of my bookings come from my content marketing efforts that I put into social media and word of mouth. And this is not to say that I do not still send in things to get featured or that getting featured isn't a cool feeling. I love getting featured. I'm so grateful anytime I get featured and being featured in these magazines and in these blogs and in these social media things. Like, I'm all about it. I love being able to look at them. I think it is so fun and so cool. And I'm not saying that I don't enjoy it or it's not good or whatever because it totally is there's nothing wrong with getting featured and wanting to get featured in something and I do believe that it does add credibility to your business but my time and my efforts that are spent on getting featured are very minimal I focus more on building relationships and nurturing my audiences on social media where I see the most ROI and that's return of investment for those who don't know um so just let that be kind of a ongoing theme in your business that you should know where your inquiries are coming from. You should know what is getting you and generating you the most business and the most income and the most clients and keep rolling with that. Like figure out what's working and like lean into that, you know, before you add on other things. Not to say you shouldn't try new things and all of that, but if something's already currently working and it's bringing in consistent income and clients, don't change it. Don't fix what isn't broke kind of thing, you know? I feel like I see that all the time. People will just jump from one thing to another and they forget about what's already working and like, why? why? If this is working, if if Instagram stories books you the most clients, then like keep doing Instagram stories. If Reels is getting you the most ROI, do more Reels. If your email list is doing the most, keep doing your email list. Don't just like pivot and then never go back to that thing. Unless for whatever reason you see a drop and it's no longer working, that's obviously a different story. Um, But again, for me, getting featured, it's cool, it's great, it's not a bad thing, but it's not something that worked, I would say. That's why I put it on this list. It's not something that necessarily generated me more income or more business. And the last thing is only following other photographers on social media. No matter what industry you are in or trying to get into, typically the first thing that you're going to do on social media is go follow a bunch of people in your same industry, right? I know that's what I did. Turns out, though, this hurt me more than it actually helped. And here are kind of two key reasons why. One, comparison issues. Social media can be this beautiful place that has so many opportunities 
and community and there's just so many things that can come from it that are positive but also it could be a place where you find yourself stuck in that comparison rut that little green monster comes in your head and starts telling you that you're not worthy you're not good enough you'll never be like these other people and if you're following hundreds of other people that are doing exactly what you do it's easy to have those negative thoughts creep in and thoughts that are like oh, their work is so much better than mine, or why am I not booking as much as they are? And it can just be really easy to want to copy other people because of this also, because you just think, oh, if I do what they're doing, then I'm going to find success. Even if you're not doing that intentionally and you're not intentionally saying, I'm going to copy this person word for word, sometimes our subconscious, we just do things because it's just our brains and you don't realize that what you're doing is actually considered copying. So I think comparison issues is such a big one though. Um, Following all these other photographers, I struggled with this so much in the beginning of my business when I first started. I was just following all these photographers that I really looked up to and aspired to be like. And I would just try to like mimic their style, mimic the way that they talked on social media, how they spoke and what their websites looked like and their words and all these things. And I would compare myself to them so much and it was so detrimental to my mental health and just my business overall was not thriving because I think it came off that I was being fake. I was not being myself and that shows. People can see that and you just blend in with everybody else, which is kind of going on to my next point. So if you find yourself following people, like as you're scrolling down your feed, if you find that you scroll past people and you get annoyed or you just feel that like sickening feeling in your stomach anytime you see them post something, maybe it's not the best idea to follow them. You should hit that unfollow button or mute them or something so that you don't have to see their content. And I think it's just going to help you so much better. That's when I really started to step into my own style and my own words and like really just step into who I was and grow my brand more based around me and what I liked. And that's when I got more bookings, more clients and my business really started to take off. I've talked about that story a few times, but it's so true. I just feel like you shouldn't be afraid to mute people if, you know, if it would hurt somebody's feelings for you not to follow them anymore or something. Like if you know them personally, then like, okay, just hit mute and then you don't have to see their stuff, but you're still technically following them. But if you don't know them and you have like no relationship with them, then just unfollow them. It's not worth looking at it. You should only be following people that inspire you or that you are motivated by, um, not not people that are just dragging you down and that make you feel yucky. Um, the second little sub point is that you're never going to stand out. So kind of what I was talking about, don't make the mistake of putting yourself in this like echo chamber where all you're doing is consuming other photographers content especially if it leaves you feeling uninspired or gross about your own work it's okay to follow people that make you feel good but mute or unfollow anybody else also when you're looking at other photographers or like other people in your industry to get inspired for things you're never going to stand out from them you are just going to look exactly like everybody else and just like anything else there are trendy things in the photography industry, right? Like right now we're in this season where warm colors and pompous grass and studio work is trending. Also Western fashion and content is like really trendy and 
more and more western photographers are appearing and the desert vibes all the desert vibes but a few years ago the trends were dark and moody they were eloping on mountaintops and hiking five miles just to get to your desired location like that was the big hype everybody wanted to do that and now it's like joshua tree you know palm springs the desert like and look i'm not (laughs) This isn't me hating. Like, I love all those things, too. They're beautiful. It's pretty. We love trends for a reason, right? We're just, that's human nature to naturally go with trends. But it's also just really bad when you are only sticking to the trends. And I promise you that in a couple years from now, we're all going to be shifting to something else. Like you're going to see a shift where every photographer is now leaning into something else. And you notice this with branding too, right? Like so many photographers have the same like fonts in their business and the colors and they talk the same way and they're offering the same things. And don't get me wrong. Like I said, it's good to be trendy because people and clients, they do tend to gravitate towards those things. But you kind of have to walk this line of like following the trends, but also being a trend The way I like to get inspired and think outside of the box is to follow people who are not in my industry, like not even close to being in my industry. If I want to do something like revamp my website or something, I'm not going to just sit there and look at other photography websites for inspiration because then my website is just going to come out looking exactly like theirs. And that is not the goal. But if I look at websites from people in completely different industries, then I can have a brand that actually stands out from my competitors, which ultimately should be your goal. Because at the end of the day, like you have to keep in mind if you're a wedding photographer or whatever kind of photographer you are, the chances of somebody only reaching out to you are very slim. Like that does happen, but it's probably more realistic to think that a client is sending you an inquiry and they're also sending 10 other photographers inquiries as well. So if your website looks exactly like everybody else's website or your social media pages look exactly like everybody else's social media pages and your you know photos have the same style and the same editing and the same content, Why should they pick you over anybody else? You are doing nothing to make yourself different. And if all you're doing is looking at other photographers and trying to just copy them, you're never going to get out of that bubble. So keep in mind, like follow other people, follow people that challenge you and that get those creative gears turning and, and really just think for yourself. Don't just look and see what is working for everybody else because they're all just doing the same thing and we're all just staring at each other, waiting for someone to make a move so we can all copy it and It's just not, no bueno, don't do that. (laughs) Remember guys, like no two businesses are the same. And it's important to remember that just because these things did not work for me doesn't mean that they won't work for you. And no matter how you choose to run your business or what you choose to include or not include, the most important thing is to be passionate about it and prioritize what is working. Lean into the things that you have already had success with before adding in something new. I know you guys are going to do great things and I can't wait to see it. Make sure if you got something from this episode or if you have anything that hasn't worked for your photography business, shoot me a message on Instagram. You can either message me um, on my personal one, which is at Mrs. Sarah Elrod, or you can um, message the podcast at Brandy Cowgirl Podcast. I'd love to hear from you and I would love to hear what didn't work or what does work in your business and kind of further this discussion and just kind of, yeah talk about it with each other so um, please do that also make sure to join the insiders facebook group um, on facebook it's brandy cowgirl podcast insiders we have 
discussions in there and um, more opportunities for more things um, as well. And make sure you go leave a review on Apple Podcasts, five-star review, please. And of course, drop your thoughts in the little review section there as well so I can read it in future episodes and just read what you guys have to say. I love knowing that you are loving the show. And uh, yeah, I love you guys so much. And uh, thanks for being here. And I will talk at you in the next one. Bye, guys. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Branded Cowgirl podcast. To stay up to date on the show, give input, ask questions, and more, make sure to join the exclusive Facebook group just for listeners. You can also follow us on Instagram and check out all of the show notes by going to sarahelrodblog.com slash brandedcowgirlpodcast. That's sarahelrodblog.com slash brandedcowgirlpodcast. And if you have not yet, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that this show can continue to grow and get into the ears of more Western creatives just like you. All right, y'all, I will see you in the next one.